Thank you so much for joining us online today at Christ Covenant Church. We hope you sense God's presence and are encouraged by the message. Now, here's Pastor Ryan Weems. Uh, well, again, we're excited about our series. The series is all about love, sex, and relationships. And, and honestly, I think we had a really great first week of this series last week, and we were in Genesis chapter 2. And as I was studying this past week, I had some ideas of where I thought we would go, but I honestly felt uh, just a pause in my spirit from the Lord. And really, here's what I felt like he said to me is that, hey, we don't need to move on just yet, that there's more that he had for us in Genesis chapter two. So somebody just in faith say there's more. Like there's more there. And so I, I want to take us back to Genesis chapter two today. We'll go somewhere new next week. And, and by the way, uh, not just next week, but even today, make sure you take advantage of our awesome, awesome children's ministry. Uh, they're incredible. This series, especially next week, but this series in general is PG-13. Uh, next week, I'm going to talk a lot about sex, and so it's going to be spicy. It'll be, of course, Bible appropriate, but the Bible has a lot to say about sex. And so I'd rather you learn from God's word than learn from a movie or culture, okay? And so make sure that you take advantage of that every single week, but especially next week. But turn with me to Genesis chapter 2, verse 18. And I've got new things that God has brought to the surface that we want to take away from this. And no matter what season of life you're in, no matter what kind of your relationship status is, you've got something that you can get out of this message. But Genesis chapter 2, and I'm going to start in verse 18 and read all the way through verse 25. Genesis 2, verse 18, and I'm going to read out the NIV. And oh, by the way, I almost forgot to mention this. Uh, but in the back, I think we've still got some left. Maybe not. They're maybe gone. It's hard to see with these lights. But we got Bibles and notebooks. Uh, they were all gone quick last Sunday. And so we'll keep restocking that every week. So if they're already gone, I can't tell. But if they're already gone, we'll make sure we get more there. We believe in note-taking here. You're four times more likely to remember this message if you write a couple things down. Genesis chapter 2, verse 18. Here's what it says. The Lord God said, it is not good for the man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him. And that word helper in the original language means partner. I will make a partner suitable for him. Now the Lord God had formed out of the ground all the wild animals, all the birds in the sky, and he brought them to the man to see what he would name them. And whatever the man called each living creature, that was its name. So hippopotamus, bluebird, he was naming all the different animals. So man gave names to them, the livestock, the birds in the sky, wild animals. But for Adam, no suitable helper was found. So the Lord God caused the man to fall into a deep sleep. And while he was sleeping, he took one of the man's ribs and then closed up the place with flesh. So the first ever surgery, verse 22. Then the Lord God made a woman from the rib he had taken out of the man and he brought her to the man. The man said, this is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh, and she shall be called, whoa, man, woman, for she was taken out of man. That is why a man leaves his father and mother, and he's united to his wife, and they become one flesh. And guys, listen up to this last verse. Adam and his wife were both naked, and they felt no shame. Praise God. <laughs> All right, why don't you bow your heads with me, close your eyes, and let's pray. God, thank you for your word. Thank you, God, for that there's more here in this text. And so I just pray that you would speak to every single one of us as we unearth and dig up new things from this passage. God, I pray that you would take this ancient text, the Bible, and you'd speak to us uh, just real solid application that we can apply 
today. And I pray for those that are single, single again, those that their marriage is thriving, they're on the mountaintop, and also those that their marriage is in a deep, dark valley. I pray for all of us that you would speak, God, that you would move, and that we all walk away changed, not because of me, this pastor, not because of this church even, but because of you and your word that is powerful, that does not return void. So again, have your way in this place. We love you and we give you all the glory and all the honor. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. And if you believe it with me, would you say amen? amen. Come on, would you say amen? amen? Don't save all your cheering for those teams we don't care about tonight, all right? So you celebrate a little bit, you get a little loud in God's house. All right, let's look again at Genesis 2 and let's learn from the first two people on the planet. And honestly, the first thing God brought me back to is something very simple, but I think it's powerful when you actually apply it to your life. And so here's the first thing that God brought me to. Number one, if you're taking notes, write this down. You can't have meant to be until you first met with God. You can't have meant to be until you've met with God first. Now, hear me loud and clear. I know you expect me to say that as a pastor, right? You're like, that's not rocket science. I get that, right? That's kind of elementary. And so I understand that you expect me to say that because I'm a pastor and because this is a church service, but just because people expect it, it doesn't make it false, okay? Just because you expect me to say it doesn't mean you're actually living this way, all right? So it's one thing to have the, the head knowledge. It's another thing to actually live this out in your relationships. And honestly, here from the very beginning today, I just want us to acknowledge how much we've allowed culture to infiltrate our relationships. There's so many of us, and we would never say this, but the reality of our lives is that we get our relationship information, our relationship clues, our relationship, hey, goals, so to speak. We get all of that from movies more than God's word. And so we look to the most recent rom-com, romantic comedy, and we're like, hey, that was awesome. That made me feel good. That made me tear up a little bit, made me get those goosebumps. I want that in my life. And we try to imitate a romantic comedy more than what God has to say about relationships in his word. And, and we gotta stop doing that. And we need to get back to God's word. In fact, I was thinking about this this last week, and I think it's to be kind of a fun exercise but I was thinking about some of the different romantic comedies that were around uh, when I was a teenager, young adult, and even some of the recent ones. And uh, I think far too many people have imitated this with their real life relationships. In fact, I went back to that movie. I don't know if you remember this and they'll show the pictures in the room and online, but y'all remember that movie, Never Been Kissed from back in the day? Y'all showed that in the room, there we go. And you got Drew Barrymore, it's an old one. And Drew Barrymore, she's an adult. And just to give you the synopsis in case you forgot or haven't seen it, she's an adult, but she goes back to high school undercover, which that's just got a lot of problems right there, okay? And, and, and she goes back as an adult undercover to high school. And uh, first of all, she starts at the very beginning of the movie by having a crush on a teenager, okay? That's how you go to jail, not how you start your love life. Second of all, her teacher before he knows that she is an adult, has a crush on her. This isn't a movie about love. This is a movie about predators, okay? I'm just being honest with you. And, and we shouldn't get our, oh, we love that moment where they kiss on the baseball field and it's so romantic. I'm telling you, you do not need to imitate this in your relationships. And again, you would never say it out loud, but we do some of this crazy stuff in our real life relationships. Uh, here's another one I thought of. Most of you have seen this, Miss Congeniality. 
and got Sandra Bullock, or as my wife says, Sandra Bullock, and uh, you got her, and, and uh, she is this tomboy character. She works for the FBI, and uh, she's got this guy on the FBI with her that, that she loves, she really likes, and he is constantly like dogging her, making fun of her, making fun of her appearance that she's not put together, and, and literally she's in love with him, and he won't give her the time of day until she has a makeover. And once she has a makeover, all of a sudden he is head over heels in love with her. How many of y'all know this is just another example of Hollywood telling us it's all about looks? And do looks matter? Absolutely. Baby, you look good. I love you, Isabella. You look good. But here's the reality of that is we're not always going to look the way that we look now. Can I get an amen from somebody? As I've said all the time, we are fighting gravity and we are losing, okay? And so there's gonna be more wrinkles and there's gonna be more fat than muscle, you know, that's just gonna happen. That's just life, that's just reality. And so looks do matter, but they're not most important, but that's what Hollywood has to tell you. Nothing changed about Sandra Bullock until she had that makeover and then all of a sudden this guy wanted something to do with her. Uh, here's another one more recent, because some of y'all are like, I never even heard of those movies. Like, here's one from the last couple of years, Marry Me, Okay. This one had Jennifer Lopez, J-Lo, and she's been in about a million rom-coms. But in this one, she gets dumped by her famous fiance, and literally, she just marries some random guy. So she rebounds to some random stranger, and they fall head over heels in love, that kind of deal, and just, just perfect. And I, I just want you to know, that's not real life, okay? That's, that's not reality, Oh, we'll just, I'll just find Prince Charming one day. He's going to sweep me off my feet, and I don't have to know much about him. I'll learn, you know, as we're married. No, no, that's not how it's supposed to work. I got one last one, and, and this one's not a rom-com, but it was one of the most watched love stories ever, Titanic, okay? Can I just get on record right now? Super Bowl Sunday, there was more room on that door, okay? <laughs> I just want you to know. Like Rose just like scoot over a, a little bit, you know? Like there's room for Jack on there. Guys, listen up. Okay, I've been picking on ladies a lot during this series. I want to pick on some guys too. Guys, like, like you just need to know this. Uh, she may look good. You may, you may have a great relationship, but if she will let you freeze to death, she ain't the woman for you and you just move on <laughs> to somebody else. Like there was more room on that door. And so again, we've got to stop looking to culture and the world and those standards, looking to movies for relationship advice. Like, stop it. We can't do that any longer. We've got to look to God's word. Why? Because God's word is timeless. I wish I would have got a couple more amens in this first service. God's word is timeless. I'll say it to you this way. If God created you and God created relationships, he gets to define them. He gets to lead them. This is how it should be. If you want your marriage, your future relationship to thrive, if you want it to be meant to be, you've got to meet with God first. The vertical relationship is far more important than the horizontal relationships. And this was true for Adam and Eve. Remember, before Eve, we talked about this last Sunday, Adam was fulfilling his purpose. What did we say last Sunday? You don't wait for the person to find your purpose. You find your purpose first. So Adam is fulfilling his purpose. He is doing a job. He's fulfilling a calling that God has given him. And look at verse 20 again. If you close your Bible or Bible app, open it back up. But verse 20 again. So the man, Adam, 
gave names to all the livestock, the birds in the sky, and all the wild animals, but for Adam. Somebody say Adam. But for Adam, no suitable helper was found. Check this out. He's naming the animals. This is simple but powerful to me. He is naming the animals, and that's when God names him. This is, verse 20, the very first time that we see the name Adam. All before this, you can double check if you don't believe me, it's he or the man. But as the man is fulfilling the purpose on his life, that relationship with God, God, I'm gonna do what you want, not what I want. As he is doing that, that's when God gives him a name. And remember, this is way before Eve. So fellas, listen up. Before you find your princess, And before that marriage is going to get fixed because it's broken right now, you've got to fulfill the purpose. You've got to go after God. You focus on that relationship and then watch how it affects every other relationship. Adam is naming the animal, spending that time with God, and then God gives his name. What are you saying, pastor? Your identity is not tied to your wife or your girlfriend. Your identity must come from Christ. And if you believe it, would you say amen? I'm preaching way better than you're responding today. You gotta get this in your heart and in your soul. I know you're like, oh, I gotta have that hot wife, that trophy wife. I gotta have that girlfriend to satisfy me, to make me feel better. That is false. Your identity comes from Christ. My identity is not tied up in my wife, Isabel, even though she's amazing. She's awesome. I love her so much. And we're going to preach together. By the way, the last Sunday in this series, February 26th, is going to be awesome. We're going to share all this stuff. It's it's not going to be TMI, but it's going to be real, okay? And it's really going to help you, and we're going to laugh, and we're going to celebrate. It's going to be awesome. But she, I don't get my identity from her. I knew my identity way before we ever met. And so we've got men out there, and it's identity crisis, and it's not midlife crisis, just identity crisis. Don't know who they are because they've been using success and status and their job or a woman to find their identity, and that's backwards. And so you got to make a course correction if that's you that my identity is in Christ. So this is true for Adam, but this was also true for Eve. Look at verse 22. Then the Lord God, we read this, then the Lord God made a woman from the rib he had taken out of the man and he brought her to the man. Now we've got to read this slowly. In fact, I think I've even preached this incorrectly over the years. But the way that I preached this, and I maybe even kind of mentioned this last Sunday, but the way that I preached it was almost like it was Adam and then Eve was like right beside him and they kind of woke up together. But that's not what the Bible says here. Read it slowly. And he brought her to the man. Who is he here? You see the H is capital? He is God. So this is father of the bride stuff, all right? Everybody has a poopa. Anybody know that movie? Anyways, you know? Like, this is father of the bride stuff, but, but this is God bringing her to Adam. So ladies, check this out. Before, I just think it's so simple, but so profound. Before Eve met with a man, she met with God first. When Eve woke up, the first thing that she saw was not Adam, it was God. 
And once she met with God, then what did God do? He brought her to the man. Man, that's some good preaching right there. I'm telling you, you've got, ladies, hear me. You've got to meet with God first. There is, I don't care what that man says to you. I don't care how he tries to sweep you off your feet. He can, he can whisper sweet nothings into your ear all day long. He can have a million dollars plus in his bank account. He does not complete you. You meet with God first. You, you, you need to learn what God has to say about you, how God loves you. That's where your identity comes from. And once you met with God, then you can finally have meant to be with someone else, but you gotta get the vertical right. Y'all hear me, church? It's a big deal. Adam, he had the relationship with God, fulfilling the purposes of God. And while he was doing that, that's when God brings Eve into the equation with Eve, the first person she saw, it wasn't, wasn't Adam, it was, it was God. And she had this encounter and then God brought her to Adam. This is what we see here. So what's the practical handle, practical takeaway? Again, before you try to fix the marriage, before you try to start that relationship, you go all in with God. You go after God and get that relationship right and watch how everything else starts to fall into place now will your relationships be perfect no if you know the story with adam and eve and we'll talk about it a little bit at the end it wasn't all perfect with them either it started out perfect but there was mistakes and there were issues and there were struggles in the garden but what happened they continue to make it and they continue to move forward and you can too all right here's the next takeaway we'll spend a little bit more time on this one this is something that I had really never seen before from Genesis 2, but again, when God brought me back, I think it's really gonna help you. Number two is this. Loneliness leaves when vulnerability begins. Loneliness leaves when vulnerability begins. So here in the creation story, uh, God is creating everything. This is Genesis 1 all the way up to the passage that we read from chapter 2. And God created the heavens and the earth, and what does he say time and time again? It was good. God created the plants and the animals, and God said it was, come on, y'all help me out a little bit today, all right? <laughs> I, can't, I, can't, I can't respond at the same time, y'all help me out. God created man, and God said it was, there we go, I appreciate that. But then God sees Adam by himself alone, and it was not good. So this is the first time that that shows up. Everything was good, but not Adam being alone and so in verse 25 you've got adam and now eve and it says they they were naked and there was no shame he was no longer alone and there was no shame what, what is no shame they were completely vulnerable with each other now they were married and so part of that vulnerability was them being naked and and you get to enjoy what married people can enjoy when you have no clothes on okay that was part of that, for sure. And if that makes you nervous, you better buckle up for next week, okay? It'll be way more than that. But like, that's part of it. If you're married, by the way, gotta clarify that, if you're married. But it wasn't just physical. It was also emotional. It was relational. They were completely vulnerable. They shared their lives together. There was absolutely nothing to hide. Nothing to hide. And because they were able to be completely vulnerable with each other and with God, because that happened, 
Adam was no longer lonely. So it wasn't just the physical that they were next to each other, but it was all of that other stuff as well that allowed him not to feel lonely anymore. And so I just want to clarify this. Just because you're around somebody in proximity, for example, in this service, just because there's people all around you, you can still be lonely. We're all so connected on my phone up here, but we're also connected with our thumbs on our devices. And it used to be a teenage thing and we'd, we'd make fun of millennials and all that kind of stuff, you know, like Gen Z. But I see way more people in their 60s and 70s on their phone at dinner now, okay? I'm just, it's, it's, a, it's everybody problem, okay? Okay, just pick on a, a younger generation. And we've gotten so used to connecting with our thumbs, which is not real connection, by the way. And we've lost this in-person connection. And so that's, again, why that you could be physically connected, but still feel all alone. That you can have a thousand plus followers on social media, whatever your preference is, and still feel all by yourself. It's why you can have a big, huge family and you're all even in the same house, but still feel all alone. And so I wanna talk about this. In fact, I don't think I've ever done a message on loneliness, but I think it's something that we really need to get because it was a big problem with Adam and it's also still a big problem Today, And so I want to start by just kind of breaking down, like, why? Why do we experience loneliness in our lives? Because there's people in this service that you're married and you're lonely. Your spouse is right next to you, but you still feel lonely. So, so why do we experience loneliness in our lives? Here's the first thing that I wrote down, just personal, uh, is new seasons. Some of you are in a new season, and that's why you're experiencing loneliness. And, and maybe you've never even felt that before, but you're feeling it right now. Like maybe for you, you're in a transition. And I tell this to the staff all the time. You've heard the expression, everything's lost in translation, right? You've heard that before? Well, I think it's true uh, of this, that everything is lost in transition. And so even good transitions, right? Like you can be lonely in that because it's something new that you're not used to. And so maybe for you, you're an empty nester. And you're like, praise God, you know? Like I, I love them, but I send them out in love, you know? And it was, a, it was an awesome thing. And maybe started off really great, but now that you're a little bit into it, you're like, you, you feel loneliness. It's not as loud in your house, you know, as, as it used to be. And that's a transition and it can bring loneliness. Maybe you just changed jobs. That, like, that's, that's happened so much. Y'all know COVID, it's been called the great resignation, right? Because so many of you, not only did you quit or get let go, but you have completely changed jobs. Some of you have even changed careers, right? And that can bring, that transition can bring loneliness uh, maybe you just had a new baby we, we've had three of them now and i'm telling you that that will make you lonely real fast you're like can i just talk to an adult can i just talk to someone that i don't have to change their diaper and they're not going to throw up on me you know <laughs> like it's a lonely season where you are secluded you feel isolated maybe you just moved homes and in those new seasons loneliness can creep in here's another one we're going to talk about this uh, another reason why we're experiencing loneliness, I think greater than ever before, is social awkwardness, okay? Just gonna say it, let's just talk about it, all right? Because we are so connected on our devices, like I said earlier, we have lost this. And, and, and there's people around us. Now, a lot of them hang out at Walmart, okay? We get that. But there's people all around us that they are socially awkward, and I'm not talking about like stuff where people are on the spectrum. I'm just talking about just like everybody. Like it's just, it, it, it's an issue. We, we've lost the art of communication. 
And so because we've lost that, and because it's awkward for other people to be around us, they're not inviting us to the stuff anymore. And because we're, we're so angry and so mad at each other, and I can't disagree with you, I hate you, like it's, it's iso- we're not doing relationships in a healthy way. Can we agree on that? Like it's just not happening. I, I know my wife and I, uh, with our three kids, like we got several goals for them because they're all, you know, young, of course, nine is our oldest. And, uh, you know, number one is like love Jesus. And then they want, we want our kids to love us, love the church, love you. But like right underneath that is we don't want them to be awkward. That's like one of our goals. So we're like, look at people in the eyes when you talk. Stuff that I never thought would be an issue, right? But like, like look at them in the eyes. Like, like use your words carefully. Be kind, all these different things. And so because of social awkwardness, we've forgotten how to connect in real life and we feel lonelier than ever before. Here's another one, and this is, this is real and this, this is painful, but I just wanna talk about it. Another reason why we experience loneliness is because of loss. And some of you are you're in that place right now. Like you've experienced a real loss. Loss of a job, a loss of a marriage. Maybe the divorce is not finalized, but like you're moving that direction. Loss of a loved one. And then every time that holidays come around, even like Valentine's Day, you know, this Tuesday, like every time that comes around, you're, you're reminded that, that you lost that loved one. Maybe a spouse, maybe even like a mom, a dad, maybe even a best friend. And that can cause you to be lonely. And like, this is real. This is an issue. And it's one of the reasons that we're lonelier than ever before, in my opinion. Uh, here's the last one. We experience loneliness because of sin. And this is where we get back to God's word, Genesis chapter two, and then also the next chapter, chapter three. But sin, hear me loud and clear, church. Sin at its very root, it separates us. And sin is one of those like words in church that we say a lot, but we don't really know what it means. Here's what sin is, as simple as I can define it or explain it. Sin is you disobeying God. It's God asking you to do something or not do something and you go the opposite route. It's you going against what God wants. And when we sin, because we are all sinners, we have all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. But when we sin, number one, it separates us from God. But also, and people don't talk about this, it actually separates you from your loved ones as well. Because you're living in such a way that you now feel shame and you hide. So for some of you, the reason why you're so lonely, even in a room full of people, it's maybe not because of loss, not because of social awkwardness or new season. The reason why you're so lonely, you couldn't explain it till right now, is because of your sin. Your sin, again, separates you from God, but it also makes you wanna hide and you're in shame. So people that you should be vulnerable with, you're married, your spouse, if you've got a really close friend, your close friend, you haven't been completely honest with them about what's going on, that you're hiding in shame. Well, if they only found out, if they only knew, and you're no longer vulnerable. So yeah, you can be around them physically in the same space, but there's not that connection that used to be there. That's why a husband and wife, if they're not vulnerable beyond sex, sex is a part of it in the marriage covenant, but beyond that, emotional, relational, like mentally, like all of that kind of connection. 
if they're not really sharing everything, opening up their life, they're, they're still gonna be lonely, even sleeping in the same bed. Yeah, they're right next to each other, but it seems like they're miles and miles apart. So for some of you, that's your issue, it's, it's sin. And, and that's what happens with Adam and Eve. In chapter three, you don't need to turn there, I'm just gonna sum it up for you. But in chapter three, Eve, she gets separated from Adam. So she is now alone. And the devil comes in, a lot of you know the story, if you, even if you didn't grow up in church. The devil comes in, tempts Eve, there was this one tree that had this fruit they were not supposed to eat of. God clearly said, hey, you can have everything else. Enjoy everything else. But this one thing don't do. Well, Eve did that one thing. And what did she do? She sinned. Her eyes were opened. And it separated her from God. Well, then Eve goes to Adam. And Adam sins too. It wasn't Eve's fault. She sinned, and also Adam sinned. They both sinned. Then Adam was separated from God. And then sometime after this, God, in the cool of the day, the Bible says, he is walking through the garden, and Adam and Eve are nowhere to be found. They are hiding. Why? Because shame, for the very first time in human history, had set in. realized that they didn't have any clothes on and they were hiding they made fig leaves it's a whole nother message I've talked about before what that all represents God's like where are you and Adam does what us guys do a lot Adam doesn't take ownership he blames Eve <laughs> and then uh and then and then Adam after he blames Eve he blames God well you made her because <laughs> that's what shame does you start the blame game it's not my fault our sin always looks uglier on someone else you know it's their fault it's their fault so they are separated they are now lonely their sins separated them from God separated them from each other and that's what sin does in fact I just want to say this to you in kindness but also in love speaking the truth that those that are struggling in your sin right now you need to reveal that and open that up to the Lord. To be honest, here's the reality. God knows your sin anyways. He sees it. You can hide it from your wife. Hide it from your husband. Hide it from your kids. Hide it from your mom, dad, whoever, your best friend. You can't hide it from God. So you need to open up your heart and say, God, this is what it is, and I need you to help me. I need you to forgive me. But not only that, you need to find someone. If you're married, it's your spouse a best friend, a pastor, whoever, somebody who loves Jesus and loves you and need to find somebody to reveal this to. I'll say it to you this way, it'll be on the screen, but we're only as sick as our secrets. Some of you, you're projecting an image that's not true. You're hiding in your sin and that's why you're lonely. And you gotta open up your heart to somebody. Not everybody. Please don't post it on social media, okay? It's not healthy. Doesn't need to be everybody, but it needs to be somebody. So for me, it's my, my wife, and I've got the elders here, and that I can just be honest and open and real. Hey, this is, this is what it is. This is the struggle. This is the issue. 
be vulnerable. And that's when that loneliness and isolation leaves. I'll say this to you, and I didn't have this written down, but it's like the Lord wants to say this. That when the devil isolates you, he's got you half beat. That's what happened with Eve, eventually with Adam. But to get you alone, away from community, where you're not vulnerable with anybody, you're just projecting an image that is not accurate, not true, the secret sin, the secret life. If the devil has you by yourself, you're half beat, half defeated. We were meant to be vulnerable with someone. God said it was not good that Adam was alone. So you need somebody you can open up with. In fact, I think this is awesome, but it's one of the reasons why we have connect groups here, our small groups, the practical handle for you. We've got small groups of people, not a big service, but small groups of people, anywhere from a couple of people to 10 people, 15, 20 people that you can share what's really going on in your life and they can love you and pray for you. And that's not easy to do. I get that we don't get excited about that, but you need somebody that you can open up to, be real with, that can pray for you. And so when you can be vulnerable with someone, that's when loneliness leaves. Amen, church? Amen, why don't you bow your heads with me, close your eyes. God, thank you that you're speaking. Thank you, God, that you're revealing things to us. I know there's people in this service, they are lonely. They don't wanna admit that, but it's the reality, what they feel. Maybe they're even sitting next to a friend, maybe they're even sitting next to their spouse, but they're lonely. They feel all alone. And God, if that's them, for whatever the reason, new season, kind of what's happened in society, the social awkwardness, people forgetting how to connect, whether it's a loss that they've experienced or are experiencing or whether it's sin or maybe even something else, whatever it is, God, I pray for those that feel lonely. I pray, God, they would find at least one person that they can open up to, be vulnerable with. It starts with you, of course, them opening up their hearts and their lives. God, help me. But there's somebody here on earth that they need to open up to. So may they find that friendship, that relationship where they can reveal their true selves, not who they pretend to be, but who they really are, struggles and all. And once they do that, God, then you come in and you heal. Then you come in and you help because they've exposed the issue, exposed the pain. God, you're not gonna heal a fake version of them. You want to heal the real them. God, I pray for those that have been trying to to do what they can in the natural to fix the marriage and the podcast and the books and all that kind of stuff. And I'm not saying any of that's wrong. But I pray more than anything, God, the way that you're gonna bring healing to that relationship, healing to the person, the most important thing is that they get the relationship with you right, the vertical relationship. Before Adam met Eve, he had his identity in you. Before Eve was brought to Adam, she had an encounter with you, God. And so if we want meant to be, if we want the relationship to thrive and to make it and to continue on, we've got to make sure our heart is right with you. And so I pray, God, that we'd focus on that. I have yet to meet a married couple that didn't make it when they were both going after you with everything they have. It will not be perfect 
But God, it's the relationship that you have for us. We don't look to movies any longer. We don't look to media any longer to find our relationship tips and our goals. We look to your word that's timeless. We put you first in our relationships, put you first in our marriage, put you first in our singleness. God, help us today. God, thank you for the work that you're doing right now. I sense it, your presence real and tangible. Keep your eyes closed with me. God, I also pray for anybody underneath the sound of my voice that's far from you. I pray, God, that today would be their day of salvation. Again, to get the vertical relationship right, to not hide from you in shame, but to come to you just as they are, to be vulnerable with you. God, I've made some mistakes. I've sinned. I've disobeyed you. And I want to get that relationship right. And so I surrender my life to you. God, I pray there be at least one, if not many, in this service that would give their life to you just like I have. If that's you today and you want to surrender your life to Jesus, here's how you do it. It's Romans chapter 10, verse 9. It says this, that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, that speak it out loud, and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. So confession and belief in Jesus. And right now you can do that. You whisper to him. I'll coach you, but you whisper it. Jesus, I confess that you are God. I speak it out loud in faith that you are real, you are God. And Jesus, you tell him this, Jesus, I believe that you died on the cross and you rose from the dead. I believe it really happened. I know it takes faith, but I put my faith in you. And I ask you, you've got to ask him this, Jesus, I ask you to forgive me of all my sin. I open up my heart, I open up my life to you. I'm vulnerable with you. I expose it all. And I ask you to heal me, to save me. I dedicate my life to you. God, thank you for those that are saying that prayer right now in the room and online. Thank you, God, for the life change that is taking place. And I believe in faith it's gonna have ripple effects to every earthly relationship they have as they get the relationship with you right first. Thank you, God, for meeting with us today. Thank you for your word that is timeless, that helps us even thousands of years later. We give you glory and we give you honor. In Jesus' mighty name we pray, amen. Amen. Thank you so much for listening today. If you made a decision for Jesus Christ or if your life has been impacted in any way, please send us an email at info at We would love to hear your story. And for those that committed your life to Christ, we want to help you on your new journey by sending our free Start Bible Kit in the mail. If you'd like to partner with us financially, simply click on the Give tab at ChristCove.net. There it will take you to a safe and secure page where you can set up a one-time or recurring gift to help us accomplish our vision, heaven full and hell empty. And as always, you can find out more about Christ Covenant on our website or on Facebook or Instagram at ChristCoveHouston. 